America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. If you feel that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Myrna and... I'm Annette. And thanks for joining us at Major Bargains in Cottonwood, Idaho. Thanks again to John Mogger for sharing his office and his internet. All right, so... Hey, I want to say thanks to Robert and Josh for working with us so hard. And they do. We appreciate them. Do you have a flashlight handy? I mean, because around here... Where we live, when the lights go out, the lights go out. Like the last time the electricity went out, it was like what eight o'clock in the morning till five, eight o'clock in the evening. Excuse me, till five thirty in the morning. So yeah. We, and you know what? My candles went out too. Yeah, they did. So let's talk about because you need a flashlight sometimes. Today we're going to talk about following Jesus' light, one flashlight beam at a time. Mm-hmm. Well. You know what? What? What keeps the flashlight powered? Um, Maybe a solar flashlight? A solar? Do they make those? I don't know. I don't either. But but if they do, how do you have to, how can they keep the solar powered device thingy stored? You have to have a stored battery deal to store the, you have to have a storage house for it. Right. So that the sunlight can be stored. Stored Right there. Yeah. See how much. That's too much work. That's too much well, work. it would be for us. So we'll just get extra batteries and put it in our backpack. Okay. Okay. But that's okay. That's a lot, too, because that costs money. Batteries are expensive. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we will get a wind-up one. I've seen You've those wind-up flashlights. Right. Those are cool. You just wind them up and you got power. So how long does the light shine until the winding goes down, I guess. So you're going to have to. Okay, but your so if you're arm in the get tired, then well, it? you'd have to keep winding it. And so while you're standing there winding it, just think how you build your muscles up, though. Okay, so I'm going to have to wind. I don't want it to go dark, so I'm going to have to wind it when there's still light. Yeah, and don't then fall walk asleep a, though. <laughs> and walk a little bit, and then wind and walk a little bit, and wind and walk yeah. a little bit. <laughs> that would be a lot of work too, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, probably so. You know what? I got a better idea. What? I got a really, really good idea. Okay. Why don't we depend on Jesus? Oh. Okay. Well, we could do that because He is light. Yeah, he's the light in the dark. Mm-hmm. He does pr- surpass batteries and solar. He made the solar stuff, you know. He made the stuff that goes into batteries. Well, he created the moon. That's true. The stars. That's right. So, all right. So today, following God's light, or Jesus' light, one flashlight beam at a time. All right, so let's talk about follow. Follow means to go after or pursue, all right? Jesus what we believe as born-again believers, Jesus is omnipotent, omnipotent, excuse me. That's easy for you to say. I know. Omniscient. That's om- a good word. Om- omnipresent deity of a born-again believer's faith and worship. Now, we're going to take all this stuff and put it together, all right? We're going to explain what all those mean. Right, Illuminate. So, and a light. <laughs> a light means illumination. 
One flash beam at a time. One flashlight beam at a time means blind faith. So let's put it all together. So to pursue the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present deity's illumination in blind faith. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. How does one person do that? I mean, why would anyone want to give up his or her will? to follow Jesus blindly. I mean, that's like putting a blindfold on you and saying, trust. You're right. It is. You know, that's a lot to ask of a person. Uh, yeah, uh, it is. There's one more condition to that, too. Okay, and what's that? You got to let Jesus hold the flashlight and shine oh. the beam. Oh, I guess that's where the blind faith comes in, that he's holding it and directing it. All right, I know we, this is not, I mean... All right, so Annette, remember when Brittany, this is her dog, was alive, and he'd have to go out during the night to to um, use I, the potty? Well, see, I wouldn't go outdoors. Right. Because of the coyotes. coyotes. I was scared of them. Mm-hmm. I was this afraid is, they'd eat me. Right. I didn't care if they ate Brittany, but didn't want them to eat me. Mm-hmm. But then I got a little afraid for Brittany, so I taught him to go potty by a flashlight beam. Mm-hmm. He'd go where the flashlight beam went. So I taught him to trust me mm-hmm. by a flashlight beam. That's kind of what we're talking about, following Christ. Step, you know, baby steps, trusting him, one flashlight beam at a time. So wherever he points the flashlight. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like salvation, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. Salvation. Salvation's kind of like that, you know, accepting Christ in your heart, you mm-hmm. know. And Jesus dying on the cross for you. And then you got to learn to trust God. And then he uh, He takes you through some things and teaches you how to trust him. All right. And then he gives you um, challenges. He put us through a challenge, didn't he? He has put us through several challenges, yes, in yeah. our walk together. The latest one was the hard one. Yes, it was. And it was a, a very challenging. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, he put us through a challenging one where um, we have put a lot of work and effort into something. And that's not the point that we put the work and effort into it, okay? Um <laughs> The, the point being that we love this family very much. Very much. And I didn't mean to, to cry on this one, but we worked hard with this family. We, we worked hard to help this family and to do some great work with them. And then somebody in one little action tore it all apart, destroyed everything. And we have to trust God in this because now we can't do anything to help this family because the courts took it all away from us. It's kind of like that we were following Jesus with one flashlight beam and we and we and we went and we took that, that step in that direction. Okay. Yeah. And then he shined shined. He shined it over here and we took we went that direction and did that. And then and then we would step over here, and he that's where he would shine it, and we would go that way. But just recently, it's almost, it felt like, and we've had to pray through this, um, 
it was, it was to us, it almost felt like the flashlight was turned off because of one, because of an action that somebody took. And it's not wrong to ask God why. Exactly. Because I did. But he doesn't give us an answer. No. And it's okay. And it is. I still got to trust God. That's right. Because all things work out for the good of those that trust in the Lord. And it's and we have to understand that, that Jesus didn't turn off the flashlight. No. He didn't. Because he said he'll never leave us or turn his back on us. Right. So the flashlight, we felt it was turned off. But once we walked away and we've prayed about it and we spent some time in it and I debriefing on it, you know, we just, this is how we've handled it. Um, family of listeners, we've just said, Jesus, bless those people for their deeds. And I know who did it. Yeah. But I can't say nothing about it. No. And that hurts because I want to so bad. But God has allowed us to, he has shown a flashlight direction of what we're going to do for a next step. And we don't know how effective that will be, but God has encouraged us to do this next step. And again, we can't, you know, I know we're talking in, in without telling you what it is. So we just ask that you have faith enough to realize that this does happen, but God didn't turn the flashlight off. We felt it, but he didn't because it didn't go the way we thought. This is what you call blind faith. Yes. We don't know what's going to happen. No. But we have to trust God. That's right. It's sad what happened. It hurts. It was confusing, and God's not the God of confusion. Satan is. Satan is. But Sa- we rebuke Satan, and we go on. Yeah. Satan got got his foot in on this one. And, um, and it's a horrible disaster. But God can clean up disasters. That's right. That's right. Satan thinks he's won on this one, guys. So all we do is ask you and we covet your prayers that um, that Satan is, I mean, in the end, he is defeated, right? He read, he's, read the, he's read the last chapter of the book, and we know that we all have victory in Jesus. But you know we're gathering warriors. Yes, we are. And, and God will take care of it. Yes, he will. And when we can, or if we ever can, if God ever allows us to speak about this, we will speak to you about it. But right now, we can't. And it so, would cause a disaster. It w- yes. And um, God's not into destroying. No. He's into rebuilding. So we cover your prayers, and um, we thank you for that already. But what we're talking about, too, you know, is, is you have to have, it's a relationship with Christ is where your faith walk begins. You can't, and we're, don't, we're not talking about religion um, religion is man-made. Relationship is where we need to be with Christ. I was ten years. I was raised um, going to church as far back as, as I can remember, two times on Sunday and Wednesday night. And we were having. Okay, so I'm going to date myself because back then we had revivals. I can't even tell you the name of the. Um, of the preacher that came, the evangelist that came, I just can tell you that I was 10 years old and all of a sudden I knew 
that I needed Jesus. Even just going to Sunday school and church and Wednesday nights, all of that, I knew I needed Jesus. I knew I needed that connection because I knew that I was a sinner and that if I would die right then and there, I would go to hell, even though I went to church three times a week. My sisters and I even cleaned the church, which, you know, that has nothing to do with anything except that sometimes people think they can do good works and be a good person. But there was that gap because that gap is sin, and I I, I was a sinner. Now I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, I wash her every day. <laughs> Your name, not Grace. <laughs> so I, I did go forward that night, and I, I confessed my sins. Jesus, I am, I am a sinner. Forgive me. You died for my sins. And um, I remember, and he did forgive me, and he became, in, he came, he became my Savior. He didn't become my Lord because I didn't understand lordship at that point. He was my boss because lordship... Lordship means boss. So he wasn't my boss at that point, but he was my savior. He saved me from my sins. At that point, I did have eternal life. And I remember going home and calling my best friend and saying, Hey, Brenda, guess what just happened? This is the neatest thing. I love it. I asked Jesus to become my savior. And then later on, it was awesome because um, several of us kids, and I'm sorry, siblings, I'm pretty sure it was just us three girls that got baptized at the same time, but I am not positive. I should have called and asked, but I think we did it. But I remember the baptism in that Baptist church in Argonia, Kansas. And that began my faith walk. Salvation begins your faith walk with Jesus. So, and, and I continued to go to church, and I continued to have that growth there. And it was pretty neat. I read my Bible. I went to Sunday school. I sang the songs, but they were different. And I remember singing a song one Sunday at Easter. And I don't remember what the song was. And you can believe it or not, but I know it was my experience and nobody's going to tell me I didn't have it. I remember singing a song on Easter. And I remember looking up and I could see the vision of Christ on the cross and his suffering and from that point on, my, my life changed. My heart changed because I saw what I did to him. He allowed me that intimate moment to see what I did to him. And he's my Jesus. He's my Lord. And I, my life is indebted to him. You know what? When we come back from break, Annette is going to tell her salvation experience, and it has all something to do with the light. The light. We'll be back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a testimony of God's healing power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. 
Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4 verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to abbadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. I just finished my salvation experience and of the vision that God gave me um, of Jesus being on the cross and dying for me. And you know what? He's not on the cross anymore. I want to make sure you understand that. He is on the right-hand side of God in heaven awaiting our arrival. Now, Annette's going to um, share her salvation experience that has everything to do with a light. Go ahead, Annette, please. Well, as Myrna said that she went to church all the time when she was younger, and so did I. My mom was a Christian, and she, her daddy was a minister, and so she grew up knowing God. And she made sure us kids went to church, so she took me to church all the time. Well, going to church didn't teach me how to become a Christian, because I went to church from the time I was probably in diapers. Matter of fact, she had me baptized, and that still didn't teach me anything. But I was sitting... On the ladder in what our, do you, wait a minute. What do you mean she had you baptized? In in a Baptist church, they baptize babies. Oh, and no, you were in a, okay in a Wesleyan church. Wesleyan Methodist, Methodist. I mean yeah. Methodist yeah, church. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so they had us baptize this baby, and they had us get God godparents. And so, and I remember that. I don't know why I remember that. They came to our house and did it, and baptized us, and. Uh, um, but I was sitting on the ladder in, in our house, and I remember Mama reading her Bible, and I was watching her read her Bible. And all of a sudden, I felt this warmth coming down on me, and I looked up, and I could see light, a bright light. And I couldn't see the ceiling anymore. And I couldn't figure out what was going on with me, and pretty soon I heard the Lord speaking to me. Did you know it was the Lord? Yes, I've heard him speak to me before. Okay. I wouldn't speak to him because I was always afraid to speak to him because mm-hmm. I, I thought it was like my dad, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't talk to him, he talks to you. Right. So, but he said, Annette. And I said, yes, Lord. And he said, ask your mother how you get saved. And I said, but I am saved. And he said, when you were a child, you were when you were a child, you were innocent, and innocent children go to heaven. When you become of knowledgeable age, you have to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not saved anymore because you're of knowledgeable age. And I said, what does that mean, Lord? And he said, it means you have to accept me into your heart. Ask your mother how you do that. And I said, okay. 
and I asked him why he's opened heaven to me and, and speaking to me now. And he said, because you're of age where you have to learn things. And I felt privileged. I felt love and I felt closeness to, to God. And I felt that closeness to God ever since then. Mm-hmm. I get I've still had that. He's still opened heaven to me so many times. I asked my mother how you accept Christ into your heart. And she took me to to her pastor at the church, which was my pastor. And we sat in his office and he explained it all to me. He explained me salvation. He explained to me how you accept Christ in your heart. And I told him I wanted to do that. And he asked me if I was sure. He said, do I know what sin meant? And went through all that stories and stuff. And I told him, yeah, I knew what sin meant. And we went through a prayer. And and then he told me I needed to accept baptism. And I said, does baptism save you? And he said, no, Christ saves you. Baptism is your profession of faith. And so I got baptized again. Only it was sprinkling mm-hmm. on your head. Well, I went through life knowing I was saved and and had God as my Lord. Right. But not as I'm God as my Savior, mm-hmm. not as my Lord. And all my life, pastors was always telling me that you got to make scriptures in your heart. You got to. Put them on your lamp, put them on your mirror, put them on your walls, and they will heal you. I did that. They never worked. God was always telling me that I had to trust him. He'd open heaven and talk to me. But he never said anything about scriptures. He never told me I had to memorize this scripture or memorize that scripture. And... Then, when I came to you, Mm -hmm. it was different. Then, it was that God would apply the scriptures to me. Mm -hmm. You taught me something different. Oh, baby. (laughs) God taught you through me. me God taught you through me. You taught me how to live, how to finally find God as my Lord and Savior. Because if you make God your Lord of your life, Mm-hmm. You get true healing. Yes. And that's what I got. And I found out how life could be so wonderful. And that's when we came to Estes Park. Mm-hmm. In August of 2000. And that's when God asked us to, to give up our will. Absolutely. He said, do you girls, we went up to Estes Park for some training on prayer-based healing. Um, Annette had already if you guys don't remember our previous story, in um, November of 1999, I had prayed for a partner, a ministry partner. I was tired, and I needed help. Um, and the Lord answered me. Um, he had already answered me in September because that's of 1999. That's when the Lord brought Annette to me as a client. I prayed it in November. In June of 2000, Annette and I became partners um, in our in this ministry. And so in August of 2000, yeah, we went to Estes Park. Yep. And um, there was an old wooden cross there. It was beautiful. It was very beautiful. 
and uh, we knelt. God asked us, well, I remember sitting on the bench in front of the cross, and he asked us, are you willing to give up your will, your will, your complete will to me and do what I tell you to do? But oh, boy. We thought, okay, so I want you to understand we didn't go, oh, yeah, let's do this. This sounds like a really great thing. No, we knew what he was asking us. I told God I had to pray about it first. No lie. <laughs> Have you ever told the God that you pray to that you have to pray about something he's asking you to do? But you know what? You got guidance that way. Yeah. It's okay to pray to God about something he asks you to do. Absolutely. That way you get cl- you get you do get clarity. Clarity. You get peace. You get peace. You get instructions. Mm-hmm. You get assurance. Mm-hmm. And you know exactly what he wants. Exactly. And so we did. We got up off the bench, we knelt before that wooden cross, and we gave him our wills. Yeah. It took us a few days, Mm -hmm. but then we gave him our will. Yeah. And boy, has he taken this. It's like getting on a bicycle belt for two. Mm. Only you sit on the back seat, and God takes the front seat, Mm -hmm. and you hang on tight. Yeah. Because there is some bumpy roads riding on that bike. There is. There are some bumpy roads, and we when we've had the bumpy roads, yeah. and sometimes I think that the flat there we've had a couple of flat tires in the way, huh? Yeah, but God changes the tires. So that was um, in August of 2000. This is 2019. Wow, almost almost 19 years coming up to 19 years since we've done that. Yeah, never thought about that before. But you know what? What people said we'd crash and burn. Yep, we haven't. No, because God's been all upholding us. And that's part of that faith walk. That's part of that blind faith. You know, letting him direct the flashlight beam. And it's it's, it's so amazing when God does it. Yeah. If you're doing it, you won't get that amazing thing. Mm -mm. But when you see God's light, Mm -hmm. it's so amazing. It's so wonderful. It is. It's awesome. And... And how Jesus brought us to Idaho, you know, from Kansas. We're, we're Kansans, guys, born and raised in Kansas. And Annette, Annette had never really been out of Kansas. No, well, I mean, I had, I had uh, culture shock when I came here. Absolutely, she had. Um, so, because she was, you know, she was raised in Wichita. I know you had been out of Kansas because you guys, your family moved to um, California. Yeah, but I was just a little right. kid then. I don't remember a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I also had multiple personalities right. then, so I don't I know it was me that moved out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But um, in November of, no, actually, I went through my Bible, and in my Bible I had a timeline. I forgot I had that. But in November, November 9th of 2000, Jesus told us he was moving us. Okay? We didn't know where. So we waited. Remember, one flashlight beam at a, at a time. Yeah, I remember the instructions he gave us for the property up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The prayer garden. The prayer garden. The, mm-hmm. and the things he told us to mm-hmm. put on the walls. Walls in the house. They're mm-hmm. on there. Yep. Um, I had a house picked out down the street from my house. That's where we were going to move is what I did. That house would be a perfect house for a safe house. You know, because that's what I thought. That was my dream, to build a safe house. And, um, yeah. It isn't too safe down there, is it? (laughs) (laughs) So, but November 9th, 2000, that's when he told us we were going to move. We never dreamed it was Idaho. I said, okay, Lord, this is my instruction. 
don't move me where there's a lot of snow. Oops. Yeah, we had a lot of snow this winter. Yeah, the first winter we came here. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, so we're going to, so so we, he moved us to Idaho. And don't tell God not to move you somewhere where there's something, he'll move you there. <laughs> he says, let me try you. Yeah. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to share with you how we went from Kansas to Kentucky to Idaho. Because they're, you know, Kentucky's a totally different direction than Idaho. Uh When we come back from break, we're going to share that with you. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4 verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Hi, so we were talking about how we were in Kansas, went to Kentucky, and then ended up in Idaho. And this is how it was. In, in, um, 2000, in 2000, December of 2000, Annette and I went to Kentucky for a training. And there we met someone from Idaho. And they were, their ministry, their prayer-based healing ministry was struggling. And God laid it on their heart to ask us to come out there, out to here to Idaho, and assist them. Yeah. And so we prayed about it, and God said, go. So that was in, um, so we came out here in April 2001. And neither one of us had ever been to Idaho. We, we got this little rental car. Um, we were slip sliding literally up the mountain to this person's home where we were going to stay. And I turned to Annette, and I tearfully said, I don't know what God is doing, but this is home now. And I said, are you crazy? And I guess I was. Here we are. But <laughs> I, I, I knew this was home. And that was the weirdest feeling. Yeah, because all the snow. Well, 
<laughs> my kids and my grandkids and my siblings and my mom were all back in Kansas, but this was home. That's what how God works. And it is. And it is. It's a nice place One to live. flashlight beam at a time with him holding the flashlight. So do you want to say anything about our Ido trip the, that first time, the first trip? Um, I'd like to say about the double, triple rainbow we seen coming oh. over here when our truck broke down. Yeah. Or the, the borrowed truck. The borrowed truck broke, broke down. down. And we were moving. And we were all worried about getting it fixed and how we were going to get here. And then God gave us that triple rainbow. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry, girls. I got this covered. Yeah. And then there was a shop over there open mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. God is always takes care of his girls. Yeah. We um we returned to fine land in September. We bought the land in November of 2001. And we went back. And I don't want this sound morbid or anything, but God had implanted in my heart that there was going to be two deaths that had to occur before we made the move from Kansas to Idaho. And it happened. And it happened. He said that one death was um, our dog, a dog that my now son-in-law wanted to gave to my daughter, and I said no, but I was never so glad that he gave us that dog, and her name was Baby, and she died July of 2003, and then the other death was my, my maternal grandmother, Grandma Zella, and she died July 2004, and Guess what month we left Kansas, guys, and what year? July 2005. God is a God of his word. One flashlight beam at a time. If I, Yeah, that was amazing that that all happened just the way he said. And like God told me before I even came here, before I even met you, that Robert wouldn't live past That's his twenties. Right. Yep. And he died at the age of twenty-nine here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And somebody, I don't know who it was here in Idaho. People from Kansas knew me all my life, knew Robert. Nobody paid a cent to his funeral. Somebody here paid the whole funeral. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know us hardly. We only been here a year, and somebody paid his whole funeral for me mm-hmm. here in Idaho. Yeah. Idaho. I mean. That's what you call loving people. That's right. And it was one flashlight beam at, at a time. time. You know, there were there were times, I mean, why why would we give up family and finances, security, a church home, um, friends, stability, and move to Idaho where we had none of that? Absolutely none of that. Larry and I, you know, Annette gave up a house. Larry and I gave up, sold a house of um, that we'd lived in for 29 years. It, it sold within a week of, of, when, of when we put it on the market at a price that um, the, the real estate person said you won't sell it at that. One flashlight beam at a time. Yeah, and in reality, we came to family because this is family here. Exactly. The people here treat you so good. I mean, when you go sit there and, and tell people that you need at a place and tell them you need a car part, and they, they're getting ready to close, and they say, well, we'll just sit it out the door for you, and you can pay us tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Kansas, you can't get that. They tell you, you're out of luck, people. We're closing. Tough luck for you. Mm-hmm. Here, they're so good to you. 
I went in, I hadn't even been here even a month. And I went into the pharmacy and I needed some prescriptions filled and, they, and I didn't have the money for it. They said, we'll put it on a bill for you. Pay mm-hmm. us next week. I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And we didn't have no food and, mm-hmm. and people brought us food. They didn't know it either, did they? Yeah. They didn't know we didn't have food. No. They just came up, drove up, popped up, opened their trunk, trunk and, and there was food. Filled our cabinets with it. Mm-hmm. One flashlight beam at, at a time. time. There we had, um, God moved us up on a mountain. There was no electricity, no sewer, no water, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. And um, the engineer from the phone company came up and said, well, it's going to cost you um, $32,000 to get a landline. And I said, you got to be kidding. We looked at him and this is week, week. We, can't we don't. We that. can't do that. And then he went out again and said, "Oh!" And then he came back and he says, "It's going to cost you twenty-seven hundred dollars, two thousand seven hundred dollars, because I found a green box closer, one flashlight beam at a time." What I thought was funny was when the helicopters knew what time we took a bath in the horses' trough. Yeah. <laughs> and we changed the time, and they found that out too. God took care of that. Mm-hmm. We finally got a water tank. Yeah. So why would we give up all of our security and stability and family? Because you guys go back to the wooden cross. Go back to Estes Park. Tell yeah. them when God told about where to drill the water tank mm-hmm. at. Go ahead. God was, the water man wanted to know where the, the guy that drills the mm-hmm. water Wanted to know where to drill at because he wasn't sure whether we'd have good water down there where mm-hmm. we was at. And we prayed about it, and I told him where to drill at. And he goes, are you sure? And I go, yep, God said to drill there. And he drilled and hit water before he was even through Yeah. as far as he was supposed to go. Yeah. And he goes, that's amazing. He goes, can I take you with me? You're better than whatever they call those. The witch, witch, witch thingy deal. water. I don't remember yeah. what they call it. And I tried to get him to accept Christ, and I don't know if he ever did. He died. He got in a car accident mm-hmm. and died. I'm hoping he accepted mm-hmm. Christ, but that's that's having faith in Christ. Yeah, that's knowing when God talks to you. That's if you have a relationship with Christ, you'd know His voice, mm-hmm. and you'd know when He tells you things. Mm-hmm. The pastor of our church came out and helped us to build our house. And they had their camper, had, they didn't know how to drain it. They didn't know which, what to do to drain it. And their sinks and toilets were backing up. And so I prayed and asked God how to drain the camper. And God told me how to do it. And Larry was arguing and everybody was arguing over it and not wanting to listen to what I said. So I just shut up. Pretty soon the pastor came out and said, if she prayed over it, listen to her. She may have the answer. So I went back and showed them which deal that God said to drain. And so they drained it and it drained the whole camper. And it fixed their problem. And the pastor went out to the edge of the property and prayed for unity with people. Mm -hmm. But it was faith. It's faith. And people need to learn to listen to women too. That's right. One 
flashlight beam at a time. Oh, but wait a, wait a minute. Why? So we surrendered our will and obedience, you know, the scripture says that obedience is better than sacrifice. But why? Why is it better to obey than it is to sacrifice? Because we're letting Jesus be Jesus and staying in our proper place. Like what you said about the two, the bicycle built for two, because we're, let, we're, we're keeping the back seat. That's why yeah. obedience is better than sacrifice. Because God will drive. Mm-hmm. He will, He will do what we ask. He will do what we ask of Him. Mm-hmm. He will, He will fill our will if we follow Him. Mm-hmm. But yep. if we're doing it for His purpose, not for greed, right? So our the pl- we take the back seat because that's the place of our dependence and surrender to His goodness, His will, His way, and um, you know, and it has. But, you know, we're not perfect people, right? Right. Right? I could never be perfect. Well, me neither. So has there ever been a time when you wanted to, or have you, I know I have, grabbed that flashlight out of Jesus' hand or tried to? Have you ever said, okay, I'm done. I'm done, Jesus. I don't think I. you know what you're doing. I'm just going to take the flashlight and I'm going my way. Because this is the way I see it, and I think it's going to be a little bit better than the way you're going. No comment on the grounds it might incriminate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we've all done that. And it doesn't work, does it? It does not work at I all. Know. I, um, I, I have done that before. Yes. And then you come back humbly to God and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was wrong. You're right. But you know what, God? <clears throat> I tried it my way, and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of says, yeah, I know. i just been waiting. Just been waiting for you to come on back and so that, you know, we can do it this way. And let's see how it works, child. Let's see how it works. And he always, mm-hmm. he always allows us to come back into his arms hey, Myrna, and hugs on us. Does life get easier <clears throat> when you trust God? Yeah, it does. But sometimes it seems like it's harder because it was hard to leave everything that we knew and all the security. But my experience is it doesn't get easier. Life is life. Okay. And life is always going to be hard. God doesn't promise us a rose garden. Right. But you know what? He does promise us that he'll follow us. And he does promise us that he'll protect us. And he does promise us that he'll always be our guide. But he doesn't promise us a rose garden. Right. But when I say, yes, it's going to be easier, it's because I can lean on him. And <laughs> I can, like, through my dad's death, that was hard. So it wasn't easier. It, but I had, this, I, ha, I, I had the peace that passes all understanding. So that was easier because I knew where dad was, absent from the body at home with the Lord. So that made it easier when I saw those people come to Christ at his funeral that made it easier. So I guess I would have to say yes on one hand and, no on, and no on the other. Because when, you, when you're when you walking in his will, he shows you the victories. Well, it wasn't easy when, I had, when Robert died. No. It wasn't easy for me. But when I asked God why, mm-hmm. it was the answer was good. Yes. And the answer soothed my soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And we have the promise, don't we? We have the promise, and that's the good thing. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see Robert, and I can't hardly wait to see him someday. And that's what makes it easy, is we have that hope within us. We will return from break, and we're gonna talk just a little bit more about this flashlight stuff and trusting Jesus. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. You know, we were just discussing before break, does life get easier when you trust Jesus to hold the flashlight? And the answer I think we concluded was yes and no. Right. Because it doesn't. In some things it does and in other things it don't. It it doesn't. Um, But God doesn't promise us a rose garden. That's right. so, So why do we trust Jesus? Because of Christ's great love. Yeah, his great love. Cause and we have payment at the end of life. Oh, we do. That's We get, get a big payment at the end of the life, which yeah. is eternal, eternal life. And that's a that's a good payoff right there. you know what? What? The end times is coming now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we want... Um, Everything is pointing yeah. to the end of time. And it's we, here. That's right. And we want to take as many people as we can with us. That's and that's right. one of the reasons we, we are doing this. And we're really going to start focusing, I think, more on Christ is that we want to take as many as we can of our listeners to heaven with us. We want to walk up there and we want to say, ah, you were one of our listeners. Awesome. Glad we can meet you now. Well, and if you think about it, God's ways aren't our ways. No, they aren't. How do, why do we even try to understand why God does things? He does things because he's God, because he's, he's sovereign, because he knows everything and he knows what's good for us, his children. There's... There's a saying that I have, I've written in my Bible that has helped me through a lot of stuff when I don't understand what's going on, when maybe when I don't seem to agree with God, and we can complain to God. The, in the Old Testament, the prophets complain to God all the time. And I figure that if Isaiah and Jeremiah can complain, 
And Ezekiel, so can I. I think I don't think there's one person in the Bible that didn't complain, yeah. believed in God, didn't complain at one time or another, right? Or didn't ask God why. Exactly. And this this is the saying that it actually comes as an extension of Isaiah 55.8, which Isaiah 55.8 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So, as a saying that I kind of wrote um, pertaining to that, that helps me get through some tough times is, My God is sovereign. His sovereignty is founded in love. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. But God is sovereign. His sovereignty is founded in love. And then I would just repeat that and repeat it. God is sovereign. His sovereignty is founded in love. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. He has done so many miracles in my life. Mm-hmm. He has done so many things that there's no explanation for it, you know? And how could I say there's no God? I couldn't. Because he has given money where there's no, where there has no explanation for exactly. it. Exactly. I've sat without food in the house when my kids were little. My daughter had said she wanted bacon mm-hmm. and eggs and milk for breakfast and it was on our front porch nobody knew she said that we were sitting in the privacy of our house so how did that get on our porch mm-hmm. and it was cold mm. when we went and got it out off the and porch. it wasn't winter time is what you're saying it wasn't it was okay. summertime so how did anybody know about that and, and how did it get there right when I was going out and get mm-hmm. the mail mm-hmm. you know there's so many things that's gone on in my life that I could not ever deny there's a God. Mm-hmm. I know there's a God, mm-hmm. and I know God is real. Yes, he is. And nobody could ever convince me different. That's right. I could not walk away from that's God. That's right. And, you know, when I, I had graduated from Wichita State, and I went to tell my dad in July of 1989 and when I left the house, because I was very, I, you know, this is something I wanted to do, and I, 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 I was very proud of it. And when I left the house, I could tell you go to the place, I could go to the place in Kansas at the exact spot where God told me, your dad will not be here this time next year. God had to prepare me for my dad's death. And my dad died December 25th, 1989. He, he died um, what, July, August, September, October, November, December, five months later, one flashlight beam at a time. Right. That's how he loves us. Well, when I was in Kansas before we came here, mm-hmm. I seen this ring that I got on my finger. Ah, yeah, I was going to bring that in up. In the Christian bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I told God, when I, when I start working for you, I will be married to you because I will not, I'm never getting married again. And I will be committed to you and he'd have to buy me that ring because that's I couldn't afford it and so I I want that on my finger to prove that I'm working for you and that I'm yours we came to Idaho I forgot about the ring Mm -hmm. but I remember I always remember what it looked like this lady came up to me when we came here 
and said, God told her to give this to me, and she gave it to me, and I looked at it, and I started bawling, because it was the very ring I seen in the Christian bookstore in mm-hmm. Kansas, and this ring had, had broke once, and I didn't know how I was going to get it fixed, and I told God he would have to fix it, so I took it to Walmart, and they sent it in and fixed it, and I went to pick it up, and they said it was already paid for. And now it's been on my finger ever since. That's right. Isn't that awesome how God takes care of us? One flashlight beam at a time. One flashlight beam at a time. In John chapter 8. Oh, and if somebody caught it last week's last week's um, show, I said Matthew was the first book in the Old Testament. If anybody caught that, good for you. But Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. In John chapter 8, verse 12, we're talking in the, in the New Testament. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. All you have to do is just ask him to, um, to become your savior. And he will light up your darkness and you won't have to walk in that darkness anymore. We just really want to thank you for listening to us today. Please join us next Friday for another show. And if you want to connect, just go to um, Facebook, godgirl7.com, and albadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abadaddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.